Hello, hello everyone. I am Lucas Prado and you're listening to the Sanctus Church Podcast. Our mission here at Sanctus is to glorify God by reaching and enabling people of all ages and nations to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Hope you're ready right now and let's all dive deeper into God's Word. Well, hello, Sanctus Church. It's wonderful to be here. My name is Lori Hartzorn and Sanctus is my church. Um, what a privilege it is to be able to share with you today. We've been in a wonderful series of the names of God. And I know myself, I've enjoyed each week because the names of God help us to know God better. Well, recently uh, we were on a trip. We had the privilege of going on a trip that actually was planned pre-COVID, you know, like five years ago, my goodness. And we were finally able to go on this trip. We were so excited. We were going to be able to see several different countries. And it's always a good idea when you go on a trip, especially when you're in a foreign land, you don't know the language, the currency, you don't know your way around, you've got limited time to get a guide, right? And hopefully you get a trusted guide. Well, we've had, we had lots of success on our trips. We saw Ephesus, we saw Istanbul, Turkey. I mean, we saw amazing places where the Apostle Paul walked, where Jesus was. It was amazing. But one of the days we thought, well, we're just going to go around ourselves. We were in Athens, Greece, and an amazing city to be in, but not so easy to tour on your own. We thought we'd go on the hop-on, hop-off bus. We'd done that in other cities, and it's pretty easy-peasy. You know, you look at the map, you find the spots, and away you go. Well, in Athens, as lovely as it is, it was pretty hard to find those spots. And so we searched and searched to find where do we actually pick up the bus line. Finally, we got on the bus. And uh, our idea was to get down to this other part of the city. So, you know, I thought it'd be a good idea to ask the bus driver. I'm thinking he works, he drives the hop on hop off bus. He knows the city. He's probably a trusted guide. So I asked him, you know, how can we know which stop to get off on in order to get in this other area and on this other line? Oh, he was like, no problem, no problem. I'll wave at you, and when you see me wave, you'll know that's the, the stop you're supposed to get off on. So we're cruising along, and next thing I know, the bus driver waves, and so we're like, oh, like us? Yeah, like, this is your stop. So we pile out the door, and off goes the bus, and we turn around. We're literally, like, on the side of a random highway. Uh, there was nothing spectacular or touristy to see other than, you know, sort of a area of residence. He pointed, he told us to go that way. We start going that way. We didn't find anything. We asked, you know, a local resident. They're like, nobody understood what we wanted. Anyway, he turned out that bus driver wasn't such a trusted guide. So you know what? We flagged down a cab, took the cab, and eventually found our way. We needed a trusted guide, someone who knew where they were going and someone who actually cared that we would find our way. What about you? Do you have a trusted guide in your life? Who is your trusted guide? Who is the one leading you? Maybe it's you. Maybe you think it's all about you. It's on you. You get to lead your own life. Well, frankly, it's exhausting, right? Maybe it's family or friends. Maybe they're the loudest voices in your life and you tend to lean on them for the direction to go. And But you know what? People can disappoint us, right? Maybe it's those people you follow on social media, those podcasters you listen to, or uh, you know, books that you read, or authors, or maybe it's that news cycle. Uh, are they trusted guides? Not always. It's actually easy to find the wrong guide. Psalm 23, 
takes us to the most trusted guide. And the name of God that we're going to unpack today and really learn of is Yahweh Ra'e, which means the Lord my shepherd. You know, Psalm 23 is so familiar to many. And it's written by David. And of course, David wrote and referred to God as being his shepherd because David was a shepherd. David knew what it was like to be a shepherd. He knew what it was like to know the way, direct the way, be a trusted guide for the sheep and to care for the sheep. And he also knew God that way. David's experience of God was that God was his trusted guide. He was the one who took care of him. Thus, the Lord, my shepherd. He wants you and I to experience God in this way. So he introduces us to the trusted guide. Here's a question, though, before we get started that I want to ask you. Will you trust God, the shepherd, to lead your life? Now, before you answer too quickly, think, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Let me give you four reasons why we don't trust God, the shepherd, to lead our lives. Yeah, these are reasons why we don't trust God. Number one, we don't know him. See, you don't trust people that you don't know, right? You don't trust random strangers. So one of the number one reasons we don't trust God to be our shepherd is we don't know him. The second reason not to trust God to be your shepherd is you don't believe God is good. You don't trust bad people. But when we don't believe that God is good, we don't trust him to lead us. Here's a third reason that we don't trust God to be our shepherd is we don't believe he knows the way. You know, we don't want to follow people like the Athens bus driver, no disrespect, um, that really didn't know the way that we wanted to go. And we want to follow people who know the way. Here's the fourth reason why we don't trust God the shepherd to lead our lives. We don't believe he loves us. So you don't trust people that you don't feel they love you. So four reasons why we don't trust God to be our shepherd. We don't know him. We don't believe he's good. We don't believe he knows the way. And we don't believe he loves us. So now let me ask you, will you let God, the shepherd, lead your life? Or are there any of those reasons, those hindrances, are any of these reasons blocking you? Are they hindering you from really trusting God? Well, I want to examine each one of them because if they're hindering us from trusting God, I want to break through the lies that you're believing and to lead you today to know that you can trust the Good Shepherd. Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Well, the Lord, we've already learned, capital letters, L-O-R-D, is actually the word Yahweh or Jehovah. It can be used interchangeably. And the meaning behind this word is so rich, and we've been learning along the way, but essentially it's the self-revealing God. That is who Jehovah, Yahweh is, the self-revealing God. You see, God never hides. God is not a God who, who keeps himself from us. God is the God who reveals himself through his names, through what he does. He is the central figure of scripture. It's actually the revelation of God. The Bible is the revelation of God. It's the story of God. It's God showing us who he is. 
God is the hero in every page, in every verse, in every chapter of the Bible. He's the central figure. He reveals himself to everyone. In fact, we're told in Romans 1 verse 20 that God reveals himself through what is created so that no one has an excuse. It says, through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. God promises us that we can know him. In Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14, it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will be found by you, God promises. The one who reveals himself is our shepherd and we can know him. So the number one reason you can trust the good shepherd, God, your shepherd, is because you can know him. The Lord is my shepherd. That word my indicates this personal experience of knowing God. That was David's personal experience, and that can be ours as well. In fact, in John 10, Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd. And in verse 14 and 15, he says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I mean, the shepherd has a name. He's a person in the person of Jesus. That is who the shepherd is. Jesus is the good shepherd and he knows us and we can know him, Jesus says, intimately, actually, like a family. He says, like I know my father and my father knows me, that is the way that you can know the good shepherd. This is how intimate our relationship and our knowing can be of God. John 10 verses 27 to 30, Jesus goes on to say, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who's given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. You can hear, you know, God speak to you. He says, the sheep listen to me and I know them and they follow me. Do you see how intimate this is knowing of God is? It's about listening to God. It's about hearing from him personally, not just the general um, instructions that we hear in scripture. We can find lots of ways. We can spend our whole life being busy following God's will just by doing what the Bible says. But God has a personal message for you. He wants to speak to you personally. He's spoken to me in so many ways. Nature is a primary way that I feel the presence of God, and it quiets me that I can hear from God in nature. The Bible, of course, is a revelation of God. Praying is the most intimate conversation with God. You know, sermons, uh, he, God can speak to you through this sermon or any other sermon. He's going to say, expect him to speak to you and say something to you through songs, through visions and dreams. God has unendless ways to speak to us because he loves to have an intimate relationship with us. He offers eternal life. He offers security. Nothing can take that away. Why? Well, because Jesus and the Father are one. Jesus is God, and Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the one who will lead us safely home. So the number one reason to trust the shepherd is we can know him. You can trust God as the shepherd because you can know him personally, and he knows you. Here's the number two reason not to trust God, the shepherd, is we don't believe he's good. 
And this could maybe be your hindrance, the thing that's blocking you from really trusting God with, to lead your life. So let me ask you a critical question. And this is a question that really, really impacted me. My kids were young. I was feeling a little bit like lost in raising babies and, you know, kind of losing myself and all of that and feeling like things were, you know, being stripped away out of my life. Um, it was just sort of a, a difficult time of identity and purpose. And I was doing a Bible study. And through this Bible study, this question was asked, is God a giver or a taker? Whoa. I thought, well, of course he's a giver, but right now I'm kind of feeling like he's a taker. But that question, you have to answer that question honestly. Is God a giver or a taker? Because if he's a taker, you won't trust him. You're not going to trust someone who is going to take things from your life. In fact, you'll hold on to your life so tightly, you'll live in fear and self-preservation. And whenever we live from that place, we miss out on all that God has for us. If you believe God is a giver, then you'll trust him. You'll let go of the need to control. There's a thought. And you'll actually experience peace. And you'll experience freedom because you know God's a giver and he's got this. Psalm 23 verse 1 goes on to say, here's in three versions, the NIV, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need, says the NLT, the New Living Translation. I love the message, God my shepherd, I don't need a thing. I mean, it gets the point across, the good shepherd is a giver. I lack nothing, scripture says. Now, what does that mean? You'll never be without. Uh, all your needs will be met all the time. Well, in some senses, yes. The first idea behind this word and the Hebrew words that are used here is that the shepherd cares for you and he meets your every need. You don't have to look elsewhere to get your needs met. You can be assured that he sees your need and he meets your need. And why is this important? Well, essentially the first lie of Satan right back in the garden with Adam and Eve was the lie that God's holding out on you. He's not, he doesn't want to meet your needs. It says in Genesis three, verse four, Satan said, you will not certainly die. In other words, Eve, don't believe God. He told you not to touch that tree. No, nah, he's just holding out on you. He doesn't want to give you what you really need. Well, you see, that's a lie. God was clearly not holding out of them. God had given them the whole garden, everything that was created. They not only had access to, they had authority over. God never holds out on us. In fact, he wants to restore everything that the enemy has stolen. He wants you to know that you have access to everything that's available in God's kingdom. And you have authority over the things that God gives you authority over. And he's protecting you from things that you don't even know about. God knows what you need better than what you need. God's a giver, not a taker. The second idea here is that the sheep are content in the shepherd's care. They aren't looking or craving or desiring something else. You know, this is a profound truth in our culture. The word contentment is pretty non-existent in our culture. Our, our culture says, I never have enough. <laughs> but you see, contentment says... I have all I need. I have enough. God will meet my need. 1 Timothy 6, 6, 6, 6 says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So you find contentment when you actually believe that God is good and that he's a giver, not a taker. You actually will experience peace from striving. 
You'll not be looking elsewhere to have your needs met. And you will let God meet your needs in the best way that God knows how to meet your needs. And he always comes through. It's not saying that you won't have trouble or you won't have difficulty. In fact, David, the author of Psalm 23, had lots of trouble. He was running from Saul for his life, literally for years. And then he's running from his son, Absalom. I mean, he had terrible troubles in his life. But here is the key. God was with him. The word with is the key to contentment. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter what your needs are, to know that God is with you, that the shepherd himself is with you and walking you through it, that is reason to believe that God is good and he's got you. He's a good shepherd. He doesn't leave the sheep in their trouble. He's with them. He's with you. He will take care of you. So reason number two, to trust God to be your shepherd, he's good. John 10, 10 and 11 contrasts the good shepherd to really a bad shepherd. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So we see the contrast between Satan, who is a thief, who will steal, kill, and destroy. Satan, this bad shepherd, leads people astray, away from God. There's no love for the sheep, and the ultimate goal of Satan is to destroy you. It's death. But the good shepherd, his name is Jesus, and he comes to give you life, life to the full. He comes to give you everything. He leads you in the right way, and he leads you to life. And ultimately, the reason why you know he's good is because he lays down his own life so that you and I can find life because he loves us. The second reason to trust God the shepherd is, he's good. He's a giver. He gives up his very own life so we can find ours. Well, here's the third reason not to trust God, the shepherd, is we don't believe he knows the way. Now, I want you to listen to verses 2, 3, and 4 of Psalm 23, and listen for all the action words, those verb words that connect to what the shepherd does. Ready? He makes me lay down in green pasture. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along where? The right paths for his name's sake. He makes, he leads, he refreshes, and he guides me in the right path. The shepherd, he's a trusted guide, unlike our Athens bus driver, no disrespect. But you need to be careful who you're letting lead your life. He knows where to take you, and he knows the best way to get you there. Like a sheep, we know uh, sheep don't always like the ways the shepherd leads them. In fact, this whole idea of making the sheep lie down, sheep do not like to lie down. They're kind of like humans. We're like sheep. They're like us. We just want to run with exhaustion, right? I mean, this is the truth of who we are. We don't know when to rest, and sheep are, need to be told to rest. And they need to be told where to rest. The shepherd will point them to green pastures. Do you know the sheep will always go in the wrong pasture? Sheep love clover. Sounds yummy, I suppose. And, but the problem with eating clover is sheep can't stop eating clover. It's like junk food to them. And they eat so much that it bloats their stomach and it actually can kill them. I mean, imagine that. The shepherd knows where the safest green pasture is. 
Now you and I, what do we do? We think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, right? I mean, how many times do we live our life and think, I'd rather be over there. I want what they have. We're peeking over the fence and we're missing all that's right underneath our feet. You're comparing your life, your field with someone else. The shepherd says to you, the good shepherd says, stay in the field I put you in. And this one's the best for you. He knows what's best for you and you can trust him. When I was 17 years old, I I had been going to Camp Kirith, which was a back in the day pioneer girls camp. And I'd been going there summer after summer. And at 17, I was in a leadership program and was really seeking God for, where do you want me to do in my life? You know, where do you want me to go to school? What do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? And that what is God's will for my life? That huge question. Well, it was a Saturday night and the campers and the staff, they, uh, most of the campers were gone. Uh, but the staff went into town to this fair that was in the big town of Walkerton. I'm sure it was exciting. And of course, I'm the let's go to the fair girl. But for whatever reason, I just really felt like I'm supposed to stay at the camp. So there I was kind of beside my all by myself at the camp and feeling a little sorry for myself. And I walked out into this beautiful field and I stood under the stars and I experienced and encountered God in a profound way that night in the field all by myself. The shepherd, the good shepherd came so close to me. And I felt a warmth come over me. I felt myself lay down in this field. I don't know how long I laid there, but I felt this protective blanket over me. And I just remember saying to the Lord, I'll do anything for you. And I heard like a whisper. It was like an audible whisper. And I heard this, I will use you. Well, that moment in my life changed the trajectory of my life. I knew then I was called to vocational ministry, that whatever I would do, I was going to prepare to serve Jesus in my vocational work and, of course, in every aspect of my life. That set the trajectory of my life because the good shepherd came so close. I'll never forget it. Verse uh, 2 and 3 says, He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. I find when I get quiet, like in that field. That's when God speaks to me. And he also knows that we need quiet waters to keep us from danger. I mean, sheep, like us, would get excited about running into the babbling brook, you know, uh, river tubing down the river. But God knows if a sheep goes in there, they don't float very well. In fact, they tip upside down and they end up drowning. Kind of like us, we run into the running water and think, woohoo, we're going to have a great time and we end up drowning. Well, let me tell you, the shepherd knows that the quiet waters, the still space, the still place is where to meet him. And he's protecting you from danger. Maybe there's something happening in your life right now. And the good shepherd's protecting you from danger. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. I don't know. But I want you to ask the Good Shepherd where he's leading you. I want you to be still. Sit by the quiet water. Sit in the green pasture. Listen to the shepherd and let him lead you because he'll protect you from drowning. You just need to listen to him. Here's the third reason you can trust God the shepherd. He knows the way. 
and he knows the way through trouble. Oh, I know this in my life so well because I've gotten a lot of trouble if it wasn't for the shepherd. The truth is we all do. In fact, Psalm 23 verse four says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Dark valleys are guaranteed in this life. All it takes is two mountains to create a valley. You can't go from mountain to mountain, you gotta go through the valley. And the truth is we all walk through dark valleys. Sometimes those valleys look like sickness. Sometimes they look like disappointment and heartache and relationship failure or even financial trouble or you name it, we go through dark valleys. Maybe you're there right now. Here's the key word. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, you can fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. There is that word with. God is with us. He, the presence of the shepherd makes all the difference. Most guides, like our guide in Athens, coming into trouble would probably run the other way and go home, protect themselves, but not the good shepherd. He runs right into the trouble with you. He doesn't leave you even facing death. Jesus goes through death with you. My husband, Dean, was sharing with me as I was reflecting on this psalm that when his mom was dying and was her, she was in her last moments, he had the privilege of being by her bedside and reading and praying the psalm over her. And we trusted God, the good shepherd, that he was leading her through the darkest valley of death into the best life, eternal life with him. There's a great comfort. And if you're going through a loss of a loved one right now, facing a death experience, you can know the good shepherd will go through with you. So number three reason to trust the God that, God that to be your shepherd is he knows the way why? Because he's been there before. You see, in verses, verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. I love this. It's a kind of an old book, but it's just a beautiful book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. I encourage you to read it and get it. And he talks about what it means, this preparing a table, that the table is actually the highest a meadow that the shepherds try to lead their sheep up to the high meadow where the grass is green. And this kind of the goal of getting up these crooked paths to this table, this lush pasture. But the shepherd knows that there's dangerous plants in that meadow. So he sends the herdsmen on ahead. Why? Well, because there's different flowers in the field. The white flowers are dangerous and poisonous and the purple flowers are good to eat. So he goes ahead and sends his herdsmen ahead to actually remove the poisonous flowers. He, the good shepherd, prepares the way because he's been there before. He looks for trouble ahead and he clears the path. That's who our good shepherd is. So the number three reason to trust God as your shepherd is he knows the way. He's been there before. Okay, here's a fourth reason not to trust the Good Shepherd. And maybe this is the reason why you don't trust God to lead your life. We don't believe he loves us. We don't actually believe he loves us. Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Do you know the greatest truth in scripture? The greatest truth in scripture is to know that God's goodness and his unfailing, unconditional, never ending love are for you. They never run out. And here's the thing, 
He is pursuing you with them. He chases you with his love. He wants to actually overwhelm you with his love. How much does God love you? Not just a little bit, not just maybe a little bit more than someone else or a little bit less than someone else. No, no. God the Father loves you, catch this, as much as he loves his son, Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says when he's talking about you and I to the Father in John 17, 23. He says, I am in them and you are in me. Father, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you, Father, love them as much as you love me. Wow. I mean, I miss this. I miss this for so many years in my life. I'm like, yeah, God loves me. You know, the little song, Jesus loves me. Like, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. But somehow I felt like a second-rate child. Maybe that's your experience. You think, I know God loves, but does he really love me? Take a closer look at those words of Jesus. God the Father loves you as much as he loves his son, Jesus. Pause on that. Let that truth break through. You are a dearly loved child of God. This is the heart of who you actually are. This is the heart of your true identity. God loves you more than anyone else is capable of loving you. He loves you as his very own child. He loves you as a good parent would. He wants to give you everything you need. He doesn't love others more than you. He doesn't even love Jesus more than you. Jesus isn't his favorite kid. We're not second-rate children in the family of God. God deeply loves us and loves us as much as he loves Jesus. Jesus is not only our Savior and our Lord and our Good Shepherd, but he's our older brother. Listen to what Jesus says about us in Hebrews 2.11. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy, that's us who have said yes to him, have the same Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. Wow. You see, this is the gift that Jesus gives us when we trust him. We're adopted into God's family as children, as siblings of Jesus, and we receive all the benefits that are available to Jesus, all the inheritance, all the kingdom that belongs to Jesus is available to us, including unconditional and unmeasurable love from the Father. So here's the question. Will you let him love you? Will you let him love you? The number four reason to trust God, the shepherd, is he loves you. Do you know that Jesus, the good shepherd, he knows what it's like to be a sheep? John says this about Jesus as Jesus is coming towards him. He says, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Picture Jesus, God's Lamb, the perfect Lamb, once and for all, paying the cost of your sin and of mine, taking it on himself so that we could find life and forgiveness. Jesus knows what it is to be a sheep. He relates with what we go through and he goes through it with us. Isaiah 53, 6 and 7 says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned 
to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity, the sin, the brokenness of us all. Jesus, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He didn't resist. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Jesus knows what it is to be a shepherd, and he knows what it is to be a sheep. Our Lord Jesus, the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice, the one who leads us home to the Father. So let me ask you, will you trust God, the shepherd, the good shepherd, to lead your life? You know, four reasons that you can trust God, the shepherd, to lead your life. You can know him. And remember, he knows you. He's good. He's a giver, not a taker. He knows the way. He's been there before. He goes with you through it. And he loves you. He really, really loves you. You know, once uh, we were traveling in Israel and we had a guide. It was a good guide, actually, that time. This guide helped us see so many amazing things. And we experienced every day what it was like to be in Israel, even at the time of Jesus. Well, there's a story that my friend shared about another guide that was touring people in Israel. And this guide was explaining to the people that in Israel, shepherds go ahead of the flock, where in most other nations, shepherds actually come from behind the flock. I didn't know that. That's kind of cool, eh? Well, this tour guide had this group of uh, tourists with them, and they were in Israel traveling along. And he saw, he's telling, you know, the tourists all about this and how shepherds lead the flock from the front in Israel. And then they come across this flock of sheep. And he notices that the shepherd's behind the sheep. So he's like, wait a minute. He goes over to the shepherds. He stops and asks him, why aren't you ahead of the sheep? Why aren't you leading the sheep from, from the front? Well, the man simply responded, I'm not the shepherd. I'm the butcher. Now, there's a reminder. Who's leading your life? Are you following the good shepherd or are you being led by the butcher? John 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Who's leading your life? Will you trust God, the good shepherd? I don't know where you're at today, but I want to give an invitation to let you trust God, the shepherd, to lead your life. Maybe you don't yet know God personally. You don't know him as your shepherd. I, if you're willing today to say yes Father, Lord Jesus, the good shepherd, I will let you lead my life. I want you to pray this prayer right now, wherever you are, wherever you're hearing this, wherever you're watching this. Just simply pray, Jesus, I believe you are the good shepherd and that you love me and you gave your life so that I could have forgiveness for my sins and experience new life. I welcome you to lead my life, to be my shepherd. I turn away from leading my own life and from following Satan. And I ask you to be my Lord and my leader. In Jesus' name, amen. If that was you, I want you to tell someone that you said yes to the Good Shepherd. Maybe you know him, but you've wandered off the path 
and you want to get back to letting the Good Shepherd lead your life, why don't you pray this prayer with me? Jesus, forgive me for leading my own life. I return to you, my Good Shepherd, and I welcome you to lead my life. Thank you that you are good. Thank you that you know the way. Thank you that you love me. I choose to trust you and to trust you alone. In Jesus' name. Well, I hope that you know the Good Shepherd, that you know he's good, that you follow him as he leads you in the way that you should go, and that you'll let him love you. Wherever you are, I'd invite you to stand, if you can, and let's just simply say Psalm 23 together as we close. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit our websites at sanctuschurch.com. There you find ways to support our ministry and God's vision for this church. And last but not least, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to hit the follow button to be notified when another episode releases. Well, that's it for today, and may God bless you so, so much. <music>